That's a lot of ladies to lie down on top of. Seven and a half? Yeah. First of all, you know how hard it is to find half a lady? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Screenshots, the drinking game movie podcast. We just got back from seeing Oppenheimer. Johnny, let's get into it. What's it about and what's it making? You know what we forgot to do? What would you forget to do? We forgot to cut to like the podcast and all of our hair is like... Yeah, yeah. Because the bomb went off? That'd be funny. I remember I was talking about that. I don't yeah. have hair we, we, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, My we, hair was we would, off. We would just put an Albert Einstein wig. <laughs> well, we, yeah. yeah. we were going to wear suits, but that was going to be too complicated. Nah, we have to do that for Oh, what, before we start, also, the, the governor was in the... Th- Oh, yeah. The governor of, Murphy, of New yeah. Jersey was in the theater we were watching Oppenheimer in, and I thought they were just guys dressing up in suits for the meme. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> thought, too. Yeah. I was like, why is Phil Murphy doing the Barbie meme? <laughs> yeah. I, went, I went up to the to Phil Murphy not knowing who he is, and I'm like, good one, bro. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Barbenheimer. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, wow, that man's really a fan of my latest policies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was funny. We walked out of the theater, and there was like this there was this boyfriend and girlfriend like wearing all pink, and I, w- I looked at them, and I went, you guys just saw Oppenheimer? <laughs> <laughs> I think they took it the wrong way because I bo- I laughed like really hard and then I saw them go. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 they thought we were messing oh, with them. Oh, fuck them. Anyway. Yeah, they don't understand good comedy. What's it about and what's it making? Oh, so what's it about? It's about Oppenheimer. There you go. I don't even need to elaborate Classic. more. And then what's it making? Now, we did a video on this of Barbie versus Oppenheimer who's going to make more money about a month ago. And I said that Oppenheimer was probably going to open with $46 million domestically. But both the movies have exploded since then. And Box Office Pro has it opening with a range of like 52 to $72 million, with a precise prediction of $64 million, Which is absolutely giant for a three-hour R-rated mm-hmm. biopic that a third of is black and white, which is insane. Um, so, yeah. It's going to make a shit ton of money. And I said that the multiplier was going to be like a four times multiplier, meaning like if it opens with $100 million, it would make $400 million. So I think that this is probably going to make 200 domestic for sure, at least. I, what's, what's 64 times four? Go. We need Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this. 256. 256. 256, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to make... Because of computers. So $256 million domestically at least. I think this movie is a lock for $500 million worldwide now. $500 million worldwide? Yep. You know how the uh, this might be de- derailed a little bit. You know how like Barbie was taken out of some theaters because of that like yep. dispute. Was Oppenheimer for any reason taken out of any theaters? Zero. No, all, not any IMAX theaters. Dispute? No, that's hilarious. It has op- are you it, 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 the Barbie had like a map in the background of one of their clips. And oh, on, I see what you mean. And yeah. On the map, it showed that like one of the borders isn't actually where it is currently in present day. So those countries got upset so about Vietnam that. Vietnam was so pissed. It's like that's not how they, they removed the movie from their theaters. But like I'm wondering, like but Oppenheimer's still opening in Japan. That's which what is I'm hilarious. saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, okay. I wonder if it'll explode in Japan. No, it bombed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I, know, so I mean, that joke's been done a million yeah. times. But let, right, so first, let's get you into basically the said Barbie. Does that count? I don't think that counts because oh, it, it is the name of a character. Come on, not the name of a character. This let movie. Me, here's the right, thing. Here's a th- yeah. No, no, no. Let me you say. Here's the thing. Um, I'm going to count it because so many times I said it. I, I've said it, it doesn't. Counted. It doesn't count because it's the name of a character. And Johnny's always like, "Oh, but they're not in the movie." No, that's no. So you're good. We'll count it. So okay. My, fir- my first thoughts about this movie, finally getting, we're five minutes in, we're finally talking about it. So, what I realized watching this is like, okay, this is like, this is like watching a 600-page World War II book. Like, you know yeah. how, like, every, every guy, when he gets into, like, his mid-20s, he has to pick two personalities, World War II history or micro-brews? Thank God I picked World War II history. Yeah, sure, that's what you I, pick. like, when you're sitting there, like, you literally feel like you can't stop reading because it's just so interesting. Yeah. This is that movie. And I was, in, in the movie, like, at first... I was expecting a very talky movie where it's just guys 
you know, sitting in a room and they're just like, well, what about the C- the AAC said this? Yeah, but the commissioner said that we couldn't do this. And it's just guys talking. And it's like so clerical and bland, but for some reason it's so like captivating. Yeah. And it, I, I liken it to almost like the investigation procedurals like Spotlight and all the president's men where it's no, there's no character. There's no character being like, when I was a boy, my dad, he was an alcoholic or whatever. Like there's nothing that it's just all talking about like what the matter at hand is. And this is that. And it never gets boring. A three-hour movie, and it never like slow. The pace never slows down, and the pace isn't too fast either. It's like they just picked fifty miles an hour cruise control. Boom. Can I ask you a question based what? on what you just said? Do you think this is this movie is more about Oppenheimer or the Manhattan Project? I think the first two thirds. The first third is Oppenheimer. The second third is the Manhattan Project, and then the third act is a more objective world. How it affects the world. Okay. Yeah, I would say. Without spoiling, and I think so. It feels like three chapters in a book, basically. Yeah, but I think the also not to go on too long. I'll stop after this, but like the it, you're like, oh, it's a biopic and it's all nonlinear. Oh, that's just Nolan doing nonlinear. But the way he does nonlinear of the color being the subjective point of view of Oppenheimer and the black and white being the the objective view of what happened, like historical mm-hmm. historical yeah. view. I think they they use that to like make reveals and each, like each perspective has works and. Connects to a uh, how, how do I say this? What are you doing? Oh, I dinged him. Sorry. Oh, okay, that's fine. You dinged him. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, how, let me explain this. There's two like timelines, right? Yeah. But within those two timelines, there's also perspective changes. The nonlinear thing is just super complicated and complex and works perfectly. It's so complex I can't even talk about it. I'm actually more dumb than I was when I started the movie because <laughs> it took it took away knowledge yeah. from me. Right, did you, did it you went walk into the wrong Nolan movie? film? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you watch Inception, back there? I'll figure out a way to phrase it later <laughs> on the Instagram. I don't feel any confusion I have about the movie is probably not because the movie itself was confusing, but it's because. Um, it is a long movie, and at some time, at some point, not because it's boring, but at some point, I'm like, I just missed a sentence one guy said, so yeah. I have to accept I don't know what this scene means anymore. Right, right. Um, so I, that's the only problem I had with the confusion. Confusion. Um, but confusion. when going into the movie, similar to what you said, I thought this movie was going to be, um, aside from what everyone, oh, big explosion, and it's going to look visually incredible and stuff. Aside from that, I thought this movie was going to be a, like a lot of the talking and the slow, like usual biopic. Um, but like the a scene cut like every minute and a half like this was nonstop it kept going and and it felt like if you had to make the most boring history channel documentary into an action movie this would be it because it just kept going and it was, I, I i thought it was really cool um but i would say i think you guys said it and i'll like you you got open it up a little bit more but i think you guys said it leaving the theater I don't know if it was the speakers, and I don't know if it was the actual movie itself, but right. sometimes it was hard to understand the characters speaking. Yeah, yeah. typical yeah. classic yeah. Nolan. Yeah, in the beginning I felt that, and then it, it kind of I kind of just got used to it. Yeah, kinda, same. Yeah. I um, actually, sorry, go ahead, man. No, I was gonna say because I did say that leaving the theater, uh, there was a lot of scenes where I'm like, I just had to read body language and maybe like use context clues to understand what the fuck's going on, because yeah. I felt like the audio balancing was, um, it was definitely bad. Like I couldn't really understand words. Really, I wonder if, if, I wonder if that's gonna way? be another Nolan thing. Because when Tenet came out, people it was like a big thing. Yeah, I, 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 I noticed that too. But I, I got over it, and after a while, I actually kind of liked it because I realized that it kind of helped with the immersion in a re- in a weird way. Because while I was watching the film the entire time, I started like thinking, like you know, this actually feels like I'm like peering into the past. Like they did a really good job 
of making you feel like this this is actually unfolding and this is what really happened and it's now unfolding in front of you like it was almost like you had a window into the past seeing what happened at least that's what it felt like for me Mm -hmm. and i think part of that like a more uh or i should say less refined audio kind of worked in you know in the made it feel like it made it feel like it was dug up yeah it was like almost a documentary but but not it just made it feel more grounded i I should say can i can i just add one little thing we were you talking about you liked how the 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 audio was like balanced a little bit where you kind of had to listen a little bit harder. Yeah. There's a scene, there's a story in Rosemary's Baby. I think Roman Polanski directed that movie and the cinematographer had the lady in the frame of the door and then he was like, no, put her like half of her behind the frame of the door. And he's like, why? And she, he's just, it's just, just do it. And then he didn't know why he made it, made the door do that, like obscure a part of her until he saw everybody in the theater in the premiere go, like turn their heads because like making it harder to like understand yeah. or adding just a little bit of a thing makes people like listen more yeah or have be more engrossed in it because that that's what I think when you talk about help to the immersion I, it might for, be something like for that. me I disagree because um it wasn't too fast paced of a movie but like Oppenheimer would be here they would talk about it go to the next one and I'm just like okay what the fuck happened like in that scene where they're in that building yeah. talking about that thing. That's fair. Yeah, so it was yeah. like, I need to understand. And especially because it's like a high-stakes movie, it's like, this is happening. And then yeah. they talk about that. Oh, my God, something else is happening. It's like, okay, but what was that thing that happened that yeah. everyone's freaking out about? Right. What development in the plot happened? Yeah. I, just, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I just saw Robert Downey Jr. get fucking angry. Also, you, know, you like, did. You know, I also, I think you did miss a big chunk of the movie, though. I did. I was, yeah, I was going to say, I, I saw you. I'm like, more interested in like seeing you guys' perspective because you guys obviously know yeah. a lot more than me. Thank you. Everybody, that, why does everybody keep saying that to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'm really just here for Johnny, actually. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to walk out. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what's funny, too? I'm, you were sitting to my right, I think, right? Yeah, at some point you like f- like fell asleep for a couple. Of oh minutes. no, I just have like this week. Um, I need a new mattress. I had like insane neck problems. Oh okay. So like, <laughs> well, for for a, for a minute, it looked like you were sleeping, and it was like a few minutes before, like it was clearly building up to the uh, to the to the bomb scene. And I was like, that would be the funniest thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's like it's like when tr- when the, the tr- when there's like a car on a tow truck and yeah. it's facing towards you and the guy's falling like asleep in the and you yeah. go, oh god, he's like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> I definitely agree with you, like in the aspect that you were saying. It's like like peering into the past though, yeah. because like, I, for me it felt like, in a way, I feel like dumb listening to these conversations because I, I feel like that actually is how those conversations would have gone down. Like just the, the quick pace of how those people talk. Yeah. Like they just always have like a good point. Basically there's no like fat on any of their conversations. It's just like straight to the point. Yeah. Like That's a great way to put it. No fat yeah, on the conversations. Yeah. There's yeah. one scene in particular that makes me think of, but it's a spoiler. So I'll say it later. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what did you think? Uh, okay. So just like Wesley, I was also pretty late. So it was kind of like a mixed bag for me in terms of like trying to understand the entire context of what's going on. In a weird way, it was kind of fun for me because I really liked the entire subject or just the entire topic of that movie. So it was kind of fun like trying to piece everything together. Granted that I was late. Aside from that, um, the, the movie was really good in my opinion. Um, I really like how they jumped scene to scene. Um, I guess like different timelines in terms of like, oh, um, while this is happening, or not that while this is happening, it was more just like these, this is the result of like what happened. You know, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed how it went from something really small, just the fact like, okay, we need to make a bomb to stop, you know, 
these guys from trying to kill us. And then it turns into something a little bit more deeper than that. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot, it's a lot more crazier than we might think it, it could have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what, 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 I, what I'm trying to say is that like, I guess in our lifetime, when we read about this stuff in history, it's like, Oh, okay, that happened. And here we are. And it's just really cool to take a deeper dive through movies like this, where we get to really understand what kind of like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. what 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 those stakes were, what happened in between, what happened to everyone that was involved, how were people affected? Um, that would just be my take on. Also, that. it was pretty interesting talking about the stakes because how many movies have we seen stakes where like the whole world's at stake? All of them, uh, yeah, Every right. Marvel and that's actually what this is. Yeah. But I've never seen a true event movie right. where the stakes were that the world yeah. was at stake, and it's real. Wow. Yeah, You're so right. like the stakes of this yeah. movie translate to the real world more than any other movie I've seen. That's true. That's a really good that, point. That is Thank a really you, good point. Um, okay. To that, to that <laughs> end, I a question that was kind of like popping into my head as I was watching this film was, like, why do you guys? And you might actually know because maybe mm-hmm. Nolan's done interviews about it or something. But like, my question was. Why did Nolan choose to make a film about Oppenheimer? Because in interviews, he's like, they didn't know that they when they pushed that button that they weren't going to destroy the world. And the fact that they could have destroyed the world, and did it's it like anyway. he goes, to me, that's like the most dramatic situation of all time. Mm-hmm. Right. But I guess, to me, it just there was almost like a timeliness to it for me where yeah. it felt like, you know, like the world's kind of heading towards another crisis period that actually draws a lot of parallels to World War II. Like, if you... Uh, and I think, Mark, you... Yeah, you I'm full of this stuff, man. Yeah, like, Absolutely. The, the book The Fourth Turning. And that's just one of the... Yeah. Like, you know? Like, we're heading into a... Well, we're in a fourth turning now, and, and you know, World War II was the last time we... The, you know, our society was in a fourth turning, and it just felt like this was kind of a timely film, and I was wondering if maybe Nolan, you know, yeah. chose I, to well, do I a film I don't, I don't, for that reason. I don't... I um, Probably... Maybe... But I don't know how, how long do you do you know know how long it took him to like write this script? after Tenet, so, so right after Tenet. So Robert Pattinson gave him this book during Tenet, and then he read it and then wrote the script. And oh, then, so, so it Robert wasn't like Pattinson he was, could take credit for it. Yeah, it wasn't like he was making the movie for ten. Like he like he had the script for ten years, like Inception or anything. It was like I mean, a relatively. Imagine recent. like have like being on set with this big time director. You're just like the actor, and it's like every like everyone's kind of has to cater to you. And you're like, oh man, like Christopher Nolan, he's he's a big guy, and you have like. The cards to give him a book. When like I was watching like the movie, I was nervous for everybody on screen, so they didn't fuck up in front of Christopher Nolan. Yeah, like every time there was like a small part, I was like, I hope this, I hope this I, guy doesn't I fuck feel, up. I feel, <laughs> I think, I think, I don't know the guy at all, obviously, but I feel like Christopher Nolan's actually like super, super chill about yeah. these things. But you know who I would be afraid to fuck up in front of? Uh, Cillian, Cillian Murphy, Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. He looks You're like killing you. He'd be really <laughs> upset. Do like, did you see Anthony Molinari? No, no, because he he's in this movie. No but I, way. I couldn't find where he was. Oh, we got a shout out. We'll tag him. That's yeah. awesome. To get back to your point, though, I think like regardless, regardless of like why he made it, I think it's it is pretty important because it it's like one of those things where you think about the stakes of what actually this is, and like I feel like as growing up, as like a student in the United States, yeah, what you're taught is that like the way it's framed in school is they dropped a bomb. They had to do it. They saved lives. We're yeah. awesome. But, but like, that's totally, the stakes are totally different when you view the fact that Japan was almost done anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, like. Allegedly. I think it framed, like, in my mind, even, I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, wow, I've been taught this way my whole life. Well, 
you know, it's. I think it's a good movie to have out there to frame it in that way where you're like. It offers another context. Yeah. Yeah. There's um. I read this book. Um. And I don't remember what it it perfectly said, but it basically said that um some of the generals in when they were when Americans were going into World War Two, some of them said that you know they they completely believed that if we waited just like half a year more, the you know Germany might have won. Um, and it's because of the V2 rockets and the, and the V3s and whatever they were making next, right? Um, so I think one of the reasons why not only is it like an ego thing for making this kind of weapon, um, but I think it's, hey, we know the Russians are working on it. We know the Germans are working on it and we're working on it. One of us has to be first. We don't want it to be the other two. So even if it was like, should we have this technology? It was going to come either way. Um, so unfortunately, it's, it's the nature of progress that, you know, someone's going to get hurt. Um, so it had to happen, and even though, and we'll get it into in spoilers, even though it ends up being this huge thing that's going to set off this world into this crazy, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask you guys a question? Did you notice anything out of focus in the movie? Every scene. Yeah, yes. sometimes. What was I that about? Know, well, what it was, they were shooting with a, a lens that had such a very shallow depth of field, meaning like, like if I, if we, you know how like you're watching a movie, the guy's in the frame and he's in focus and the background's blurry? The blurrier the background, the thinner and shallower the depth of field is. So it's very hard for the focus puller to get a fa- like somebody's whole face in there because they have to have a guy like mechanically moving yeah. it. So that's why sometimes you would see like the nose is out of focus, but the eyes are in focus or the opposite because it's so thin that it's so hard. Yeah. That was like, distracting. It was distracting to me, but I kind of liked it because it's like it kind of brings you in a little bit because when you're basically with all the dialogue scenes, very rarely is pe- are people talking and you can see the background. Like every conversation is just like two people, and then it's blurry. Well, I think it distracted me because I couldn't tell if the projector was bad or right. the <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, that's why that's why I was taken out of it. Um, there was a lot of questionable things, like while watching it. Yeah, that like happened. It was the sound, and then just like what you guys are the saying, focus. it was a weird focus thing. Mm-hmm. It, uh, c- completely random. I don't know if it's anything that has to do with the movie itself, like with how it, how it was made. You know, like if that was on purpose. Or if it was just the entire theater like sucked or something like that, so it, it was kind of weird like drawback, um, which is pretty interesting to me. I kind of liked it too, yeah, though, because it again, goes back it, to what you were saying. Yeah, exactly. You know, it kind of added to that feel of like, you know, we're not really looking at a screen; we're kind of like peering through a portal. Yeah, into like things that actually happened in the past. There's a movie called McCabe and Mrs. Miller where they like pre-flash the mo- the film. What does that they filmed mean? with? They, meaning like they exposed it to light oh. before they shot on it. So it gives it like this dirty and like hazy feeling where it literally feels like you like they found like this roll of film from like 1896. Oh, that's cool. And I feel like it has a similar. I mean, I might just be reading into like giving Nolan too many points, like, but it's Nolan, so it's. Yeah. But it, I think it did work. It was distracting sometimes, but like other times where like he's having like a fucking panic attack or something, it was it was it was used very well, yeah. like the, the shout that the. Uh, Focus. You know, I was thinking the whole. Sorry. You, what? Go ahead. Continue. No. Uh, I was thinking the whole movie. How like you know like when you do things you enjoy and it's like oh this is a lot of fun like I'm liking doing this. I wish my thing was fucking physics like that mm-hmm. is so fucking or whatever the yeah. hell his profession is because imagine you, what you enjoy ends up being able to make f- the fucking atom bomb. That's fucking cool. You know, like mm-hmm. just being able to do that, pull that out of your ass. It's fucking awesome. Just understand wow. it. Yeah, to understand it. Like a character. Ooh, speaking of that, can I? Yeah. So I'm so glad in this movie. There wasn't a single point in the movie where any of the characters were talking to the audience. In the sense that, remember Interstellar? Okay, go ahead. Everybody on that spaceship knows what a black hole is and how it works or how uh, a wormhole, yeah. how it works. Yeah. But there's always, like, there, there wasn't a scene with a room full of scientists talking about nuclear energy 
and one of the scientists goes, excuse me, how does fission work? And then it goes, <laughs> oh, wait, so let me tell you. And they just like pull a projector and they're like, so it's when two atoms, blah, 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 they get smacked together. It's like, no, they, they just, you just know. Yeah. Like yeah. from, you can just get, con- everybody knows, has a certain knowledge. Like you're never lost in the information because it's just structured very well, and there's never a scene where there's just like there talking was you. one explanation scene. What? Where? Well, and you, we talked about it before we started before we hit record. Um, it's not really a spoiler. It's just that when Oppenheimer explains how atoms work to a, another person, um, that was kind of an explanation. Oh, well, that was hit, but yeah. that was also yeah. him yeah. trying to. That was saying. him risen him up. That was risen. That was that wasn't an explanation. That was a. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even be, before you say that, Danny, uh, you might want to save it for. Um, overall thoughts because I think we should go to ratings because we are yes. um, pretty deep into this. Mm-hmm. So let's. Uh, how are we gonna rate this? Okay, this movie should have been rated R. I was like, why is this movie rated R? And then I watched it. I'm like, yeah, it should be rated R. Not because like everybody's having sex, but also just like the way people talk. If they couldn't use the F word, it would feel like sanitized a little bit. Yeah. Like there's this one movie I watched called Breaking In that like, came out like 2018. Okay. And there's a big. It's like the big guy, the villain. He has like his. There's PG-13. You think he's gonna have his one f bomb, and he goes, "Just follow my freaking orders." My freaking like, orders, on, man. man. <laughs> um. Anyway, rating system. <laughs> okay. So in honor of Oppenheimer being a nerd, yeah. and nerds historically don't really get that many ladies. You would know. In this movie, he gets all the ladies. <laughs> yes, I would know. Um. He he lies down on the top of ladies. <laughs> on this one, he lies down on top of a lot of ladies in this one. Like so, a lot. So on a, uh, so how many so on a scale of how many ladies does Oppenheimer lay down on top of in this movie? Do you give it out of ten? I'll go first. We talked about this is such like a juggernaut of a movie, and you were talking about how there was so much in it that you that you know you couldn't digest it all. Yeah. This is sort of like eating a meal, where you it's there's so much nutrition in the meal that you can't get it all at once. Like you have to parse it out. And like watch it a few times. Like there's stuff I I I comprehended like seventy percent of this movie because it's just so there's so yeah. dense that and that's not that's not a bad thing. It just means that there's so much in it. And I really think, like I said before, the pace is just like at a solid fifty miles an hour the whole way through. It never did. There's never a moment where it's like, okay, let's get back to you know. I just farted by accident. Also, you just <laughs> said pace. Good one. Ooh. Wait, did you write that down after I said it? No, because I, I said that already. Out. When? I well, missed the first time it. I said he that. Just right. it. I missed finish it. up, yeah. finish up. Anyway, I think that's pretty much all. I mean, you know what I? Yeah, I already said all the stuff. So what do you rate it? How many? How many, how many women out of ten? That's weird. That's <laughs> I weird. Think yeah, I, like that. I think Oppenheimer laid down. Do I think this is a fantastic movie? I do think, even though it's very talky, I do think there's moments of like visual ingenuity in it, where like just he just cuts like certain frames together and creates an idea out of thin air. I'm like, that's pretty good. I yeah. think it ends really well. I like the I like it being like the first hour is Oppenheimer, the second is the Manhattan Project, and the third is just like the aftermath. Yeah, I really like that, and I like how the linear, the nonlinear storytelling complemented each other. Like the there's two timelines. There's the post post the bomb and pre the bomb, and then there's color and black and white. Color being the subjective point of view, and then black and white being the objective point of view. And those things are used and complement each other every like very well given that there's, like, four dimensions of time basically playing out, like time and space playing out. Yeah. All, and they're just sh- throwing them all together out of whack, and it somehow creates this cohesive thing that works very well. What's the difference between a timeline and a time jump? Well, you jump in a time. I well, think the time give, line. give us your rating. Let's all right, not my, my rating? Yeah, give us, give us a number. I, I think I'm going to say for. it's probably fantastic. 
That's not a number. I have to watch it again. All right. I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'm going to say Oppenheimer lays down on top of 9.1 ladies in this movie. Um, Where he gets that point one, you figure it out. I'm not, uh, it's funny you say that because uh, that's going to be this, my same score, 9.1. Um, I think this was an incredible movie. Um, f- th- we went out to see exactly what was advertised to us and a little bit more. I think this was fantastic. The only problems I have with it aren't that have nothing to do with the story, have nothing to do with the writing. It's just the, uh, the way the camera worked at some time with the blurriness we talked about the before. Focus the focus pulling. It's very difficult um, to get that focus the, Sometimes the sound is weird, but... Um, as you guys said, Nolan's kind of known for that in, in a weird way. Um, so, like, everything that I have a problem with has nothing to do with the actual quality of the story. Um, and it's not an entertaining movie where it's like, oh, this is so much... It's like, like you said, just like reading a book. It's like super compelling. It's crazy, right? Um, so I'd say this is this is really close to being almost a perfect movie. Um, so I just wish there was more explosions. That's why, that's why... Well, speaking of wishing there'd be more explosions... You though, said actually, explosion. God damn it! Oh. I I do. I didn't think, even write down any words. Fuck. You know, there, I do think um, all the visuals were incredible. Um, so I think they did a fantastic job. So yeah, I'm giving it a, a nine point one. Ladies, he laid down on top of. Um, sure, I go. Uh, yeah, I give it a solid nine. Ladies, uh, you know, it was a pretty good film. I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't really have much to say. I mean, we already said so much. Yeah, but uh, real quick though, with the. <laughs> The sound thing, like you know, it was oh, it's a Nolan thing when they have like the weird sound. What if, like, imagine if like the whole time it was just like his nephew's the sound guy and he couldn't fire him because of nepotism. <laughs> 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 like it has nothing to do with like his creative vision. It's yeah, just literally yeah, his nephew is the sound guy. <laughs> He's just like, dude, if I fire him, my wife will leave me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it's a solid nine. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. All right, awesome. All right, Wesley. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give, uh, Nolan, or I'm sorry, Killian Murphy's character. What's his name? Oppenheimer. Oh, Oppenheimer, right. <laughs> the <laughs> character. <laughs> the historical yeah, figure. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Who's that Barbie yeah. movie about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm joking. Uh, 7.5 ladies out of 10. All right. I go. think he does pretty well for himself, but not a womanizer, unfortunately. That's a lot of ladies to lie down on top yeah, of seven a and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. First of all, you know how but hard it is to find years, half a lady. How many years did the movie <laughs> take place? It's like thirty years. So That's true. Really, a, really a lot. Um. So what did I think about it? Uh, the audio thing really bugged me. I I want to know what the characters are saying. Like just hands down. Um. I don't really think it adds to any sort of aesthetic. I just think it's either bad editing or maybe the theater we in wasn't that great. You thought the, throughout the whole movie you couldn't hear it. Because for me, it it's was just, just like the like, first couple scenes. It's like, imagine you talking to me and half your sentence is muffled. It's like, I can get an idea of what you're saying, but like, you know. I'm yeah, I understand how that would be. You know what I'm saying? Of it, um, <laughs> wait, did I miss? Wait, what'd you say? I said, I, yeah, I understand how that can be very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the movie was uh, engaging in a way that like, yes, it's very fast paced. Things are always building up and like, I want to know more. But not in a way where I'm actually like invested in the plot and the characters. Like it's it's a historic film. I think it does a good job at like portraying that. But I wasn't like invested in a like a huge amount. Like I wasn't. I don't know. Like the editing and everything else is so good. And like you ever watch like a TikTok video that grabs your attention, but it's not because there's any substance. It's just like edited well. I actually watched the movie through TikTok like (laughs) no one intended. (laughs) Just like every minute at a time. Yeah. It, it's like I'm invested because it's a well-made movie, not because I actually care about it. If that makes right. sense, right? TikTok, like, like I see, you, I, see I see that. Like a less, like on um, a technical level, you appreciate exactly. It. But like, um, there, there's probably a movie that's like technically worse, but I'm more invested because it, like, I don't know, I care about it more. Like Morbius. 
Like exactly like Morbius. <laughs> Morbius. Yeah. 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 Um, comparison. Yeah, so I'm gonna give it a seven point five. Uh, Still a really, solid score. Yeah, really well done movie, but not really. It defined that like I don't like whatever this genre is, like historic. Mm. I don't know whatever the fuck this movie is. All right, historical yeah. thriller. Yeah, historical say. thriller. Yeah, not a fan. I'm gonna give this eight point five ladies out of ten. Um, I really like history, and I really like um. Again, watching movies like these, like it's kind of like this whole documentary to me, despite all the effects. Um, yeah, I'd give it about an 8.5. The thing that kind of bummed me out was the visual effects, aside from the nuke. Because granted that I was late, um, what kind of turned me off was like, all I heard was, yeah, the visual effects are going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You're going to see some cool stuff. So that kind of set the expectation for me where I was like, oh, they're going to do a lot of testing, a lot of explosions. Um, and then all I see is like a lot of like flares, a lot of, I guess what it's supposed to be like atoms and neurons, whatever the heck it is. I'm not, I'm not that scientific. Um, only like appear for like a few seconds. And I was like, oh, and after watching the entire movie, I was like, oh, okay. That right. There isn't like big bombastic sequences of like, yeah, like all, all visual effects. It's like here and there. So Aside from the effects, the story, um, the acting, everything else aside from that was really good. And I really do like that. Nice. Also, you said effects. <laughs> yeah, but he said it with an A. Uh-huh, affects. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He said, I heard Dead. it both ways. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Visual Daddy. affects. He, he said so it more than once. For me, in terms of it being a historical film, like he said there's two two places you can go as an adult male. You're either, what is it? World War Two and microbrewing. I'm a World War II guy. I watch <laughs> I'm a World, World War II guy. <laughs> I'm a big World War II guy. If you look at my Netflix <laughs> I streaming... Wait, 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 if you look at the <laughs> Netflix streaming app, uh, it's all World War II. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like, it's just like all World War II. Um, yeah, and like I said before about how they just... You know, I feel like that's what the conversations... How they would have been taking place. And I just feel like if I was in that room, if that guy, like, was talking... If some guys were talking to me, I'd be like, talking about or i just stopped paying attention halfway through but yeah so for me i learned a lot about physics and i learned a lot about rizics (laughs) 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 i've been sitting on that one i haven't listened to a word you guys said the second i thought of that i was like i can't wait to say that (laughs) proud of yourself that's all right right. pack it up we're done here that's it okay but yeah seriously A lot about Rizix. I give it. I give it a nine point five. I love that movie. Nine point five. So what? Amazing. That's, That's just like nine point five. What? Uh, uh, ladies out of ten. All right, you said ladies. Half a. Lady. Oh come on! You get, everybody fucking said yeah, it. Yeah, but I. I about? just thought about it to. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that was such to, a good. To Johnny, that <laughs> was yeah. really good. What's all the amalgamation of all the scores. We got a nine point one and nine point one because Mark copied me. We got a nine. We got a seven and a half. One point. Wait, what? One point eight point five. Nine point five. I'm going to jumble it all the uh, ladies. Uh, I'm going to jumble it all up in my head, and I'm going to do perfect math here, and I'm going to be correct like I always am. Zoom in on his face and do like a... All right. Like a, oh, yeah. Let, let me do... Oh, ooh, yeah. Do the Oppenheimer effect on my face. Ready? <laughs> what am I doing? 8.85. Boom. <laughs> Trademark it. Screenshot it. Do whatever you want with right, it. 8.85 ladies out of 10. Spoilers in 3, 2, 1. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Someone said a little bit before that, I think it was you, that said uh, 
there you I I I, I might have totally misunderstood you that you expected there to be a lot more of these visuals and more of like the camera notice like yeah an entire yeah. portion of this just being like holy shit I'm inside of this thing right now yeah and there wasn't because I think the bomb was the weakest visual out of all the visuals that we saw really. Yes, I thought all the like him hallucinating things was a lot better. I thought when the, when the screen was just one like it looked like we were inside of like the cosmos was better. I thought the bomb when it came to visuals was the worst. I think it's the coolest. Let me explain that. I think it's the coolest, but the worst visual. Here's why I think it's the coolest because they actually did it. But it's the worst because I've seen it before. Um, even though before it was CGI, even though other bombs and other movies were CGI, I'm like I'm sorry, Christopher Nolan. It looks the, it looks the same as the real thing. Yeah. Um, wait, wait. Say that yeah. again. Wait, what did He's you say? Like the fact that it's real, like didn't really stand out that much because CGI has gotten so good essentially that it kind of looked the same. As yeah. if it had been CGI. Yeah. Like the only thing that made it special is the knowledge that, like, yes, wow, the knowledge really that it was real. Kind of like, kind of like Mission Impossible. You know, like, oh, they really did that. Yeah. My my one thing that I think about after seeing the bomb at, on screen is that, um, some I I wonder how accurate it is to like what it actually looks like if you saw it in real life because I've seen I've heard of accounts that say that like the nukes. They were like when they first exploded, it was like a rainbow colored, like it was all different different colors. It wasn't like a it didn't look like a red right. firebomb. It looked like a some sort of like spectacular. Thing, yeah, but the, but this know? but this movie was about the A bomb. What you're thinking of is the LGBT bomb. Uh, uh, oh, fuck, you got me. God damn, you got me. Uh, you have to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> a shot every time you get. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, I, I I I do. I was un, not underwhelmed, but the the bomb like I, when when the bomb went off, I was expecting like like in the trailer. Like, they showed these shots of, like, the bomb going off in the trailer. Yeah. And it's, like, these giant, massive scale, like, shots that are, like, filmed, like, probably, like, a mini- on a yeah. miniature scale or whatever they did. And But I don't know, I was expecting it to feel like this giant, big thing. But for some reason, it felt like... If, I don't know. It, you know what I think would have made it if, better? It, it felt like they shot around it too much. I feel like whether it be through a miniature or through, like, a legit, they dropped a bomb, I think it'd be way better if they had a camera totally looking at it from, like, a million, like... Two, three, four, five miles away, seeing the entire landscape and the mountains in the background, just seeing this gigantic bomb in the yeah. middle. Or even that, that, that would be like cool. That would have done it for me. That, that would have done it for me. Be but because we didn't, because we didn't see or like, like isometric. The, the the fullest the, the fullest we like ever saw um, oh. the the fullest we ever saw the bomb. We didn't see the ground. We just saw the f- the the mushroom cloud. So I'm like, mm. well, I mean, like, it looks like someone put like ink into a a, a glass of water. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, what am I yeah. doing here? Like, did they ever show the full bomb, or just like kind of? They did. Down? They did from like a distance when everybody was laying on the ground, oh. and they like put it in the back. I think they should have shot it, like like you just said. They shot around it. Yes. Like where it's like instead of having this bottle, I'm gonna shoot the corner of the bottle, and like sometimes sometimes that can work, but I I think the scale of the bomb. Didn't feel giant. I think the only way for for them to make the bomb feel giant is to pull the camera all the way back to see how everything else is so much smaller. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like the scale. They, like, they said they, they were saying like the the, the bomb is going to reach ten thousand feet in the air. It's like we have no reference point for that. Yeah. I I, I think one un- underwhelming thing about it was that it was the bomb blew up in the dark. I th- I could have sworn I saw a lot of clips or even the trailer where it was blown up when it was like daytime. 
But, or like morning. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, it was morning technically, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But it, it it was weird because I mean, like just like you said, there there, there was no reference, there was no scale. You know, it was just yeah. like this explosion. They needed a I banana for scale. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah. The sequence, even though like the the effects were a little weird, not weird, but like maybe underwhelming. I do think the sequence around it was fantastic. Like yeah, build up to pressing yeah. the bomb, and Josh Nichols is like fuck, 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 <laughs> and Josh Nichols. Yeah, that's his name in the show. Oh, Josh Peck. Josh Drake Peck. and Josh. Gotcha. Josh. Peck. Um, he's like he has the sweaty. He's he's literally over the bomb with like the pits the pit stains going like. Nah, nah. <laughs> 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 he was. He was like, ah, ah, but I do think the build up that sequence is fantastic, and the way like the they the light when they show Oppenheimer stuff like that, and they show everybody's reactions. I thought that worked. Also, really well. fucking what's his name? Um, Huey. He, Huey should have been blind. Jack Quaid, yeah, he was oh, like, yeah. oh, the glass. He sh- he should have been blind. Yeah. Did like, you go yeah. fuck yourself? Did you guys know? Did you guys know what was about to happen? Like by the fact, once I saw the bomb go off and it went completely silent, I was like, oh, these motherfuckers! And I put my plug my ears. Oh yeah, I, I, saw, I, I anticipated. I it. knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I thought that was really cool though, because yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. expecting. No, cool. I mean, one, it's realistic because right, like the yeah, the sound will travel slower than the explosion from that distance. But two, it creates this idea of like. You're you're expecting to hear it as soon as you see it, but because you don't, it adds even more to the tension. And, yeah. And to what you were saying before, the build up to it was phenomenal. Like I, it was to the point where, like, I was nervous that the theater was gonna explode. Mm, <laughs> and yeah, I was like, yeah. Nolan's oh, done I it again. <laughs> <laughs> like I was legitimately nervous. I'm like, that. oh shit. Yeah. When the, uh, the sound hit, he jumped. He was like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. And also, I feel like that hearing that noise, it's like anyone that gets hit by the bomb, it's like, okay, you're, you're dead. So you didn't even realize what was going on. But anyone that was around for the sound, the rest of your life is ruined. Not only because of, like, radiation and stuff, but, like, that sound is terrifying. Yeah. That's, man, man made that noise. And that's scary. Yeah, and that doesn't just your hit your ears. Out. That goes through your entire yeah. body. Yeah. yeah. When Earlier when you did, like, an explosion sound, you know, the thought that pops into my head is, wouldn't it be hilarious if, like, for the scene with the explosion, that it, 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 <laughs> the effect, the sound was just that, this Vin Diesel's bald head is the yeah. explosion. Yeah, no one understands the reference. We have to explain it every time. The Vin Diesel. Also, thing. Roderick Rules is in this. Where, where was he? I he was a crying guy with the boogers coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That was right. And then there was a that, clip of Christopher Nolan going, "Roderick Rules," <laughs> and I was like, "No fucking way!" He just said that. Wait, did he really do yes, that? Yes, one hundred percent. Somebody was like. Diary of a Wimpy Kid actor is in this movie, and and Christopher Nolan goes Roderick Rules. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> no <laughs> like, way! That's kind of cool. It felt like it felt like watching sp- like What's Batman and Spider Man crossover. I'm like this shouldn't happen. That's great. I think it's really cool. Like when movies do that, like it makes it a little bit more fun, you know, or like kind of like fourth wall breaking. Like oh, they did that. All right. Who, who's the guy that played Einstein? That's uh, that is the like, guy t- from. Tell me something. Yet yeah. he was he was the. You know you. No, no, I don't. I right, don't. He plays. He plays Emily's dad in Friends. Okay. And he's also in The Dark Knight Rises. He's the guy who, who punches Bruce Knight? Wayne in the spine and goes, "You're back. You're fixed. You're welcome." Really? Yeah. Y- you have a really good eye for that, by the way. I gotta say, you you Thanks. always like. There's a lot of people in this movie, dude. This first of all, this cast is insane. Yeah. So many yeah. people. Like every new scene, I'm like, oh, there's a new guy I didn't know was in the movie. And yeah, and also like for a minute, I was like, wait, like why is Rami Malek in this? He like barely has a role, and then he, he did come Oscar out. Oscar winner. Yeah. <laughs> he has. I, I, yeah, I thought that too. He was like yeah. an Oscar guy. And he's just like a nerd in the back. Yeah, but then he <laughs> he, he did kind of come play. Yeah. He played a key role. I, I really liked. I really liked the third act of this, like the third hat, like third. Yeah. 
backlash there to this movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was fantastic watching it all unravel and Robert. Everybody, everybody's so fantastic in this movie. Yeah, Killian Murphy's obviously like is fantastic, but like just everybody is just a nonstop like firing on all cylinders. It's yeah. fantastic. I will say though, normally like. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is a phenomenal actor, and normally he's very good at making you forget that he's Robert Downey Jr. In this film, I don't know why, I couldn't shake that, like... Really? Because everybody else was so unrecognizable. Like, Killian Murphy, like, I'm... To me, I'm like, I'm watching Oppenheimer right now. Because I was so immersed in every other aspect of the film that when it came to Robert Downey Jr.'s character... I, I just saw Robert Downey Jr. Like, I could not shake it for some reason. Interesting. But, I, but, I, but as far as his... Outside of, like, the immersion factor, his actual performance was phenomenal. Like, him playing, yeah. like, a very, like, you know, the whole idea is, like, he's a he's a narcissist, typical narcissistic politician. He thinks yeah. his whole vendetta, that, vin- like, vindictiveness, it all tracks so much with, like, what narcissists do. And he goes on this, you know, multi-year revenge quest, all because he thought... That Oppenheimer was talking about him. Yeah, that the way that whole that <laughs> the way crazy. that all played yeah. out was fantastic. Yeah, that, yeah and that's that was, that was when I was talking about before how the the subjective point of view and the objective point of view complement each other. Where yeah. you see that thing play out in the objective point of view, where it's like from Robert Downey Jr.'s perspective, let's say, and he doesn't know what was said in that conversation. Right, and then we finally get to know what was said in Oppenheimer's point of view in color. Yeah, and I was like, that's the way that played out was so fantastic. Right. Yeah, and and I just loved like even his like assistant or whoever that was being like. Have you considered that you know maybe he was talking about something more important? All than the Aaron Reich. He was. Yeah. Han, he was. It's crazy that he was Han Solo at one point. Wait, really? That yeah. was that was the Han. He was in. He was just, Han Solo in the uh, Han Solo movie. I I didn't watch it. So. Uh, there was like the the one part in the, <laughs> movie, the one part in the movie where I was, I was thinking in my head like it took me out of the movie just because of, I like this is just what I thought about but like how you said like you, you couldn't get past the fact that it's like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I I was thinking like. With Remy Malek's character, I was just, I can't stop thinking of him as, like, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. So he went to write down, he went to write down, and Oppenheimer goes, don't take notes. Yeah. And I was like, dude, he's just trying to write Bohemian Raps. (laughs) (laughs) See, when I saw him at first, I was like, oh, what's Mr. Robot doing here? Yeah, (laughs) same, same, same. same. Yeah. But, uh. How about that one scene when Albert Ryan, fucking Robert Downey Jr., or no, who gets in the car at the end? Somebody gets in the car at the end, and then Albert, Ein- Albert Einstein's just, like, standing in the dark, like, yeah, just I was waiting say, for his come I was waiting for, like, the Avengers theme to fucking come yeah. in. Like, it was, he was he coming He came out the of the dark like Batman, yeah. dude. I yeah. love, and also, I love that cr- he's just, like, retired, yeah. and he's just, like, wearing sweatpants and trench coats and hats, and he's like, fuck all of you. Yeah. Like, it, but just the fact soon. that the car moves, like, off the frame, and then you see Einstein emerge. Just, just wild and That's the only part in the movie where I'm like, what? Yeah, it was it's just the way he walked up to the camera. It was just so funny. You know what scene was really risky? How'd you guys feel about the scene where Florence Pugh's naked and he's fucking in oh the, in Oppenheimer the, in the office? In, yeah, that felt like almost, I, I, that was like a risk because I was like, is this just like this feels too slapstick almost? No, it, it was, was like, a little out of place, but at the same time, like I think I think it did a good job. What, is a, what a sorry, a wife just received the news like at that point, right? That's true. So that's all she's thinking about. Yeah, and I could yeah. see it being like dramatic yeah. or just like all. You know, and also, yeah. no, but, but she knew because he talky. said, he, yeah, she already knew. But it's he, also it's also like she, it's not so much about her finding out that information as is that's how it feels. What's happening is yeah. right now, like yeah, visual. Instead of just saying like in a movie, like that's why I say like it's very talky, but it does rely on visuals a lot. Yeah, like in that scene particular, like we know like oh he's like yeah I fucked her right, but. If the, we put the movie on mute, then we see them having sex in the room, and then we know, all right, he was having sex with another lady, 
That's how she feels about it, and this is what it feels like to Oppenheimer yeah. and her right now in yeah. this room. I think that's, yeah. it really like that's good. Like how disgusted she felt. Yeah. yeah. Mark, what were you gonna I'm talking about? It. I don't. I have no idea what I was gonna All say. Right. Well, I I wanted to bring something up regarding the whole subplot with uh, what, what's that girl's name? That that lady's name, Florence Pugh's. Florence, Florence, Florence Pugh. 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 Okay. Yeah. At first, I I thought that was kind of like that subplot didn't need to be there, but then I actually, a, as it, you know continued and and played out it made me realize that it was actually like a pretty good it actually did serve a purpose to very me, important to his character yeah because to me it kind of served as like a smaller metaphor or representation for how oppenheimer kind of like um sees himself and his role in just the world because especially that scene where um his wife is like, you don't get to commit the sin and then make everybody feel sorry for you. Yeah. It kind of, to me, was a representation. Yes. Yeah, of how that was his mindset towards the bomb, right? Yes, like he, exactly. He committed the sin, and he feels really guilty about it, but he wants people to know that he feels really That's guilty That's a fantastic about it. observation. That's so yeah. good. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I like that. Cause I'm it, so it glad I came of, up with that idea. Yeah, <laughs> good job, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny was like, hey, save this on the podcast. I'm going to do your favorite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, after, you know, I saw that once it got to that scene, uh, that's when I really put it together and well, I was like, yeah, my, that's my favorite line. Clever. My favorite line of the movie is at the end when they reveal what he said to Einstein, when he said, you know, when we first started this project, we were afraid that this would cause a chain reaction to literally, that would literally destroy the earth's atmosphere. Um, like all the atoms on earth and stuff or and destroy the world. And yeah. then, he, and then he said, um, that ended, uh, we were afraid that this would set off a chain reaction to destroy the world. And we ended up being right. Yeah, and he was like, I think it did. I think, I that's, think that, that was that's awesome. a solid line. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, then, uh, op, and you see Albert Einstein be like, go, go from a happy retired boy to being like, I'm going to fucking die one day. Mm. He's just like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And it also <laughs> proves that like Robert Downey Jr.'s character was just like a narcissist thinking that they were talking oh, yeah. about. What was yeah. his job? He's a senator? He was, the, he was one of the heads of the Atomic Energy Commission. And he then was he got hiring people. To huh? No, he was trying to get a cabinet. But wasn't he also he a was, senator? He was up for yeah. Senator. They he called was trying him, to get a cabinet. Him senator. Position. No, was he? He's probably a senator. William but Strauss, right? He's a no. Lu- Louis sure. Louis Strauss. Lewis. I'm sure he's a historical. Yeah, figure. but he was he was up for like cabinet or part of the cabinet or up for the cabinet. Uh, yeah. He was at like, the time with during that trial. Yeah, but he, he was heavily involved with the Atomic Energy Commission. Was created after the bomb. I don't know how. I don't know. If this is how. Which it is a precursor to the Department of Energy. I don't know yeah. if this is how it works at all, but imagine being hired by a school just to think. Like, go over there and think about things. <laughs> go over and think how we can kill a bunch of Japanese people, all right? I'll $100 million. Dollars. Yeah. But, um, what do you just honor? Just get rich while doing it. Also, that back and forth between um, General Groves and Oppenheimer. <gasps> Damn. General. Nice. Um, you want to rubber band me? Or yeah, I'll get you. Yeah, yeah. All right, keep talking. All right. Um, that whole back and forth where... Like it was just very witty and clever. Like where they had he's good like, chemistry together. Yeah, where he's like, "Why aren't you a general?" He goes, "I'm getting it for this. Why yeah. don't you have a Nobel Prize?" And he's like, "Maybe I'll have the same luck." And I was like, "Oh, that's." I awesome. like the line yeah. where he goes, he goes like, "I'm gonna." Get, he goes, "You're gonna get the Nobel Prize for creating like a big bomb." And he yeah. goes, "Alfred Nobel invented dynamite." Invented dynamite. dynamite. I was I, like, "Damn!" I, there was a big. Ooh. I wasn't expect. There was a like the in worst the middle. Spot. <laughs> in the middle, that there was like a hurt. lot of big laughs. Like the one where he's Matt Damon's like, "I'll kill you." Or I'll kill him. 
And everybody was like, bah, ha, 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 ha. I didn't because he was like, this movie had big laughs. Well, it's because it's he was like, ah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what if the movie ended on like the best one liner ever? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that it ended on a pretty solid line. Like I no, said, no, I'm before. saying though, like a funny joke. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta come up with one on the spot. Like, what's a funny joke from a movie? What's like a funny one liner? Well, you wouldn't know. You've never made a good movie. That's true. Oh. <laughs> or if yeah. it ended in like a like an '80s sitcom thing where where they jump in the air and it yeah. freezes and the <laughs> credits roll and the bombs in the yeah. background. Can you imagine? You said Friends before. Can you imagine a Friends opening sequence with all the scientists? It'd be so funny. They all stay <laughs> all no on the couch told together. You that that bomb was gonna kill people. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we do we run out of things to talk about? Um, I wrap? guess I have a question. How, how do you guys feel like the the film handled guilt, uh, especially in the the third act, like the way it was shot and all and stuff like that? I think when you talk about when you're looking at like a historical, it's easy to be like to look back at history and be like, no, this is what happened and it's terrible. I think this movie basically feels like it's like the intersection between every single philosophical argument around this entire situation. Like they go, they like they don't. It's easy to be like to look at like let's say Oppenheimer who has a certain philosophy on something and then Ed Teller who has a different philosophy and then Matt Damon who has a different philosophy. It's hard to, it's easy to just to be like oh Oppenheimer's right and all these people are evil. But it's like no, every movie has this it's it's own, or this movie has its own it gives every argument its own like yeah, I feel like it, like portray, it portrays them as human. Yeah, um, it, ma- it yeah. makes everybody very, feel like they're very right. sympathetic even yeah. for like Robert's character to a certain um to a certain extent, I felt sympathetic because um, I think this movie like portrays fear or not fear, um, guilt, guilt in an interesting way, but also like paranoia because you have like the Americans like we need to make this bomb because everyone else is making the bomb, but you don't actually see anyone else like working on the bomb. And like Robert is like, oh, this guy's going out to get me. And you could see it's a real fear. And he has, he's doing everything to stop him and like put him behind bars or like to discredit him. But like, no, he actually never did that. That's a really good point. But That's it's like you can see from yeah. these characters, it's like they're actually feeling like the world's going to end or that um, Robert's character, like he's going to get discredited or, or made fun of. Um, and you know, looking at a history book or something, you might just say, oh, that guy's evil. But, like, no, he's a human being that's just incredibly insecure and narcissistic. Right. I think and I, post-war, I think everybody was all paranoid as fuck. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I think it did a good job at, like, humanizing the people that were still, like, they're still evil, but they're still human at the end of the day. I feel like that any military, any politician, no matter where it's from, not just talking about America, like, there's always going to be some sort of paranoia. You know, like, there's always going to be some general, some politician, someone thinking, like, oh, man, we're, like, this close to being, like, screwed, so we got to do something about it. Like, yeah. we need to make the, 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 the next weapon. We got to infiltrate this next country, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like that that's just a reoccurring pattern. When yeah. It comes yeah. down to it's a good moment. Like and then they, uh, they also discuss, like, morality because it's, like, Oppenheimer, he obviously feels really bad. Um, other people they could care less, and then you have the president who's like, "This guy's such a fucking pussy for having oh, feelings." Dude, that's like get, him get him the fuck yeah, out yeah, of the room. Get him out of here. Moment, uh, we, you know? Yeah, you go, yeah. I think that was a good, mo- like, a big moment for his character because he meets, like, and he's telling Truman, "Like, I have blood on my hands," and that's where you see Truman, like, "Bitch, who do you think <laughs> fucking had to really make the yeah, decision?" Like, yeah. and then he says that to him, and you, I feel like you see a change in Oppenheimer where he's like. Okay, I can either feel sorry for myself because that's where his character went from. Like I'm, I'm, I don't know how to feel to like the only thing I can do now is be like 
tr- he he goes to the, he's like the leader in like what should they do next with the bomb basically yeah which obviously gets him into tr- all the trouble that he's in throughout the whole movie that they're like tracing their steps back but like yeah. he the reason he kind of like ends up where he is in the end later part of his life is because of probably that moment where he's like I need to just do something about how they decide to handle it. it happened I have to do something to decide how they handle the rest of whatever is going to happen with these bombs basically mm-hmm. and it's I feel like it's partially because of that moment where he just stops sulking yeah you know, who knows how that actually I guess went down he, he in like real life. I guess because he knows what he's up against if his president is just like what, what did he call what did the president call him a cry a no was it I, no, You're okay, trying I'm to get me. I'm not setting you up. I'm not setting you up. I swear to God, if I say the word, okay. yeah, I guess <laughs> he's really take not. that chance. Somebody else say it. Crybaby. Oh, Dang, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> All right. Well, in real life, Truman met with uh, Oppenheimer, and then when Oppenheimer left, he was like, get that crybaby. Like, fucking crybaby. He's dumb. Yeah. I don't like him. <laughs> it was America, baby. I mean, Truman, so was, Truman was riding pretty high on, like, being the guy that, like, nobody liked and then he dropped the bomb in like one world war two and then he was like i'm the best president of all time <gasps> what president Ouch. fuck <laughs> yeah, what did they uh they accused oppenheimer of being something what was it? communist oh gotcha. yeah. dude <laughs> saw that coming a mile away i didn't it is crazy i mean everybody was accused back then <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's kind of impossible not it's actually kind of startling that he knew so much like his wife because it's like if you're ne- if your neighbor was a communist they're like you dalton trumbo we're gonna kill you you're a fucking communist but it's like, and it's like Oppenheimer. He had so many people around him. He was a communist. Also, Everybody he had sex with was a communist. <laughs> what? Sex. Fuck, dude. <laughs> no. You just making this shit up as I'm saying it? No. Um, also, them digging up the uh, the wife's past from like 18 years ago. Oh yeah, shit, that was a ball. That gave me like too. a huge yeah. like cancel culture. Like, oh look at this tweet from fucking two <laughs> decades ago. That was a baller moment too, yeah. where she's like. 15 years. No, 16. No, 17. No, actually, 18. It's been 18 years. Like, yeah. yeah. Forget about it, pal. Yeah. Seemed like the lawyer was about to start crying. Dude, that guy Jason Clark was so good. He was, like, the prosecutor guy. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. The only, I, whenever I see him, I think of, uh, it, it, was a, it was a show that was on TV for, like, two or three seasons. It was called The Chicago Code. That's, like, the first thing I ever saw him in, so I always just associate him with that. Mm. Um, we should end this pretty soon. We're getting over, definitely over an hour right now. Well, we spent like twenty minutes trying to. Come no, up we're, with we're, we're 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 I, I'd give it two more minutes before we're at sixty minutes. Okay. Um, do we have any last things we want to say before we close out, or before we go to movie recommendation? Can I clarify what I was saying about the philosophies and stuff and arguments? If, if David Fincher talks about when he has it, he's working with a writer. He goes, just make sure everybody in the script is right, and oh. that's basically. Because it's like if you if you know the guy's obviously right and the villain is obviously wrong, like that's not really gr- that compelling. Yeah. But if like every like every there's so many moral dilemmas in this. It's like wh- why would we make this? And it's like obviously this is the wrong thing to make. Well, it's like well the Japs are made or the Japanese they're bad. <laughs> the who? And, and no, <laughs> no, that's and then the Russians are also making a bomb and the Germans have a bomb. But it's like all right, well, uh, but then if we make an H bomb, is that going to start another race? It's like well, if we don't make an H bomb, they're going to have the H bomb first. It's like. There's so many philosophies around, like, should they even drop the bomb on Japan? Were they going to surrender? Were they not going to surrender? Yeah, the only way to attain safety was mutually assured destruction. That was the only way forward. Yeah. Everyone was making We got it. pretty lucky because we've had two instances where, like, we could have all died. There was the guy who saved everybody because he saw, like, a glitch on the monitor that said U.S. Yeah. launched the bombs, and he was like, fuck, fuck. I don't know. And then he just said, no, 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 don't shoot any. And then the world didn't end. And the Cuban Missile Crisis. Cuban Missile Crisis. We barely do. Our chances Magneto of survival were like under 0%. Crisis, oh, yeah. That's What's right. that? Magneto saved us from the Cuban Missile Crisis. That's true. John F. Kennedy almost makes a cameo in this. Yeah. 
That was kind of cool. That was pretty mind blowing. <laughs> that was pretty good. The Avengers stopped Thanos. <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, I got it. Uh, it turns out Einstein is an Avenger. Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> that movie Kingsman had a post credit scene where like Hitler was in it. They're like, get ready for the next one. Let's, it was um, Hitler being like, wait till they get the lot of sprickens in me. Let's go to movie recommendation. My movie recommendation is going to be a Fritz. It's okay. Barbie. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> this movie is the most one of the most interesting movies I've ever seen. It's called The Woman in the Moon. And it is a Fritz Lang movie from 1929. And it, this movie, because they do a countdown in this movie, like 10, 9, 8. This movie invented the concept of a countdown. Like, it never, it's never been done before, before this movie. The, the, the ship is about to, and NASA actually got it from this movie when they were launching rockets to the moon. They're like, oh, yeah, let's take that from that movie and just, like, we'll do the countdown like that. It's actually a good really? idea. So it's a tenacious scientist blasts off for the moon in hopes of riches that might be found there. It's three, it's three hours. It says 135 on IMDb, but don't pay attention to that. It's three hours long. It's a silent movie. It's, I think it's Fritz Lang's last silent movie. And it's, it's, it's so interesting because the first half is basically like pretty, a pretty like not realistic, but like it's a f- actually a pretty real, realistic idea of how people thought of going to the moon back then. And then like the last hour is just all fantasy. But it's so interesting because this movie was a German movie. And one of the, in the marketing campaign for this movie, they consult, the, they hired... They, what did they do? The, the marketing company, part of the marketing budget went to a group of scientists to make the first liquid-fueled rocket, and then they were going to launch the rocket on the premiere of the movie. And one of the guys they went to was Herman Oberth, who was like the father of modern rocketry. And one of his assistants or interns on developing this rocket for this movie was Warner Von Braun, who was the top Nazi V2 wow. rocket scientist who also designed the Saturn V rocket for... NASA, NASA and Apollo got men to the moon. Yeah. And he was and involved in, in Indiana Jones. Yes, he's in Indiana Jones <laughs> as well. And and then the they couldn't get the rocket to work in time and they didn't shoot it during the thing. But then after the movie came out, years later when the, the Nazis started developing their rockets, they censored this movie and like destroyed a bunch of prints of it because of military secrets like that. And if you look, the V2 symbol, the V2 rocket symbol is a woman sitting in a sickle moon, woman in the moon. It's a reference to that. This oh, is the most shit. in-depth movie recommendation you've oh ever. Oh my given. god! Yeah, because yeah. I, I watched really good. Because I figured this. Because I watched the I watched the special features. I'm like, this is insane. They're, they they just like like so like nonchalantly like yeah. His one of his assistants was Warner von Braun. And I'm like, wait, what? I should just make insane? this. I said make this recommendation into its own reel for Instagram. Yeah, that's good. You should do that. Okay, that's a good idea. What what year was, was it that came posted? Out, it came out in 1929. Wow. That's very, actually very pretty impressive. Yeah. That's yeah. an awesome recommendation. Dude. It's a fantastic movie. I'm not yeah, watching it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the reel Ooh. right there. That's the end of the reel. That was perfect. Um, let's go into word reveal. Uh, I, have phys- I have physics, <laughs> bomb, sex, general, and president. Rishoy? Um, I have <laughs> explosion, pace, effects, Time jump and fuck boy. I have nude, theater, wife, communist, and politics. Go ahead. Okay. I have moral compass, personal background, bad decisions, regret, and grudge. And I can, I, can I say something? That's yeah. a classic first timer list of words. Really? Because we've had someone come on and they said, like, like hypothetical physical reactions. I'm like, what the fuck Whoa. are you going to be talking about? <laughs> so it's like, it's, but it's like, cause what, let me, and for people that are listening, this might be a good educational experience for them too. You wrote down multiple 
uh, things of two words, right? Yeah. It's better to do three words instead of two. Three words counts as a phrase. That's a full shot. Okay. I, told what, you, I told him about that. I know. One word is a uh, half shot. So <laughs> if you so if you're gonna do a phrase, might as well do all three. It's gonna be uh, harder I, to get them on. I two. do give Matt extra points for drawing a picture of a mushroom cloud and then a little tiny yeah, stick guy going, yeah. "Oh no!" Yeah. <laughs> oh no! But Heimer going, "Oh, you use oh, colors no, and everything." <laughs> that is actually that guy right there. Yeah, beautiful, Danny. I did Barbie, communist, hearing, black and white, and perspective. I said black and white and perspective. I know. I just didn't want to. I had visuals, bomb, it. orange, ladies, and Los Alamos. Guys, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Which is Barbie. Which is Barbie. And then Sound of Freedom because we're good conservatives. Peace.